Well, how is everyone doing? It's good to see you. It is really good to see you. Um, I want to say a thank you to... Uh, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, by the way. Deuteronomy 6. Um, that's in the Old Testament. If you're not sure, you go to the Psalms, which is in the middle of your Bible, and you turn left, and you'll get to Deuteronomy. Um, now, I want to say thank you to Pastor Lash for, um, for allowing me the opportunity to preach today. This is so very, very, so very, very rare that, that, I'm, that I'm here. Um, Steve, Steve Baggett reminded me about 16 years ago, we had somebody that was supposed to come in and preach, and uh, he, he, um, he, he called me. I think Saturday night, and said he had a he had Woot Canal Sojui, and uh, wasn't able to be here, so we kind of had a last minute scramble, and I preached that day. Both people were here, and it went it was it was fine. But anyway, so so thank you, thank and thank you for being here. This is a you know this is a busy time of year, summertime, a lot of traveling, a lot of things going on, a lot of much much needed vacations. And um, thank you for your faithfulness in, uh, in your attendance uh, during this busy, busy time of, of year. So we'll be looking at, um, looking at Deuteronomy 6. Um, it's very important for you to catch this next statement. Um, I am a person who uh, is very curious about people. And um, I like to ask questions. I enjoy learning. And um, if you hang around me at all, one of the things that I believe is that we are all limited by our own knowledge. In fact, I said that to the band, I think, Wednesday night or two ago, that we are, I am limited by my, my knowledge for sure, and um, always wanting to know how we can improve. We'll get back to that. But parents, I want you to think about this for a moment. If you were the only one that your children saw that modeled God, what would they know about God? Adults, think about this for a moment, okay? If you were the only one that is teaching those around you about God, what would they walk away knowing? Students? If you were the only one teaching your friends about God, what would they take away about who God is? Would they take away God as being judgmental, angry, graceful, merciful? Now, I know we're not going to be 100%, okay? I know we're not perfect in this, but in general, in general. So with that thought in mind, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
The Hebrew children had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They had escaped. They escaped. They had escaped from where? Egypt. Who led them out of Egypt? Moses. Everybody say Moses. Moses. That's good. Anyway, they had they had escaped out of Egypt, and um, they had been wandering in the wilderness. And we get to Deuteronomy, which is basically a long speech. A long speech from Moses, and this is, this is Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. This is the command, the statutes, and ordinances the Lord your God has instructed me to teach you, so that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands I am giving you, your son and your grandson. And so that you may have a long life. Listen. That's an important word. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper And multiply greatly, because Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, in the day that our Bible was written, a parent was responsible for three necessities. First, a profession by which to support himself. What was Jesus' profession? Carpenter. Good. Y'all have been faithful in Sunday school. That's great. Carpenter. The second, the ability to read and study the Torah. The Word of God. And finally, interesting fact, how to swim. Obviously, more is needed today. In this room, in this place, which commits to parents and families, love, nurture, and protect children, we could go around the room and put together a quick manual. We would call it Family Tech. The five suggestions would be protect. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Another rule would be inspect. Where are you going? And with whom will you be? Why are you doing this? What is your thought process? Or, what were you thinking? (laughs) Offering correction. That's just not right. Another example of this, I I heard this phrase the other day and I thought it was so cool. Um, 
the person talked about, uh, they used the phrase, we don't talk that way around here. And it wasn't necessarily a profanity word. It was more of a, of a um, holding others respectfully, keeping others in, in high esteem. Sometimes, many times, our words matter. And sometimes how we say it speaks even more volumes than what is said. Expectations is another one. Jesus loves you, and we love you, and we have great hopes for you. Giving directions. Here's why we do this. So, in today's scripture passage, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, called by our Jewish friends the Shema, God hears, Moses gives two great insights to pass on to children. Okay? Now, adults, students, let's, it's, let's tune in here, okay? Not just for parents, but this is important. First, we learn that God has acted in our world. The second is that how we are to act in God's world. First, teach your children that God has acted in our world. He did not say to try to teach them deep things of theology, knowing that children learn best through experiences. Moses says to keep living the life in front of children so that they will keep asking, what does this mean? I have to stop here and say there are times that I have to say to Natalie and Mason, talking about living, living out, living, living out in this world. Sometimes I have to stop and look at Natalie and Mason. If you don't know, we have two children. Natalie, who's 24. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Thank you. And um, we, we adopted her from China, and our son Mason, uh, whom you, you probably know, uh, is 20, and uh, he's, uh, uh, he's from the Marshall Islands. Some of you ask, where is the Marshall Islands? Marshall Islands is north of Australia, south of Japan, out in the middle of the Pacific. I was telling a family yesterday, when Jesus talks about to the uttermost parts of the earth, that's what he was thinking on the Marshalls, <laughs> the uttermost parts of the earth. But there are times that I have to say to them, I blew it. I'm sorry. There are times that I go along and I say, did I handle this situation with my children? Did I handle it well? Did I do this right? In our family, we were able to talk about how God led us to our children in China and the Marshall Islands. We were able to talk about how God led us to this church and how this church is a mix of mature people, growing people, broken people, sometimes angry people. But all, all, all are God's people. 
When family or even our pets die, we could talk about God and death and life to come. The pastor that married Sonder and I 29 years ago often used the phrase, in the living in the everydayness of every day. And I think his point was is that while we're, watching, while we're walking our daily lives to be watching for those holy moments, those holy interruptions, those times when God captures our attention in our experience of daily life, I, I, I define holy moments, holy interruptions as, as in our daily routine, daily schedule where God wakes us up and says, I am here with you. Talk about me, mention me, share what I am teaching you, my child. It is as, it is as if God is telling us for a brief moment, stop, rest in me. Listen to me. Share about me. Talk about me to your children. Second, just as Moses talked about teaching them about God, acting in our world, he said that we are to teach our children the responsibility it is to act in God's world. In verse 3, Verse 3, listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We are to teach our children, one, that we are to listen to God, and two, that we are to obey God. That's an important Important thing here. A moment ago I said, listen, that's a key word. Listening is more than just hearing. Listening is hearing and obeying. It's following. We're not looking for perfection, but we are looking for direction. We are to fear and respect God. In verse 2, verse 2, do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life, keeping all his statutes and commands. I am giving you your son and your grandson, so that you may have a long life. And then if you jump to verse 18, do you have verse 18? We are to trust God, do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that you may prosper And so that you may enter and possess the good land the Lord your God swore to give your fathers. We are to serve God in verse 13. Fear Yahweh, your God, worship him, and take your oaths in his name. In this way, our children not only realize the many ways that God works in our world, but they realize that we are we have a personal, personal responsibility of working in God's world. That's the reason why missions, I think, is so important. It's working in God's world. Finally, in verse 7, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. 
Church family, we need each other, just as young couples or senior saints. There are times when we are divided by ages. There are times when we are divided by various needs in our age groups. There are times, though, that we are one church meeting together here in this room, worshiping together, praising God together with our voices together, praying with great sincerity, with concerns that are heavy on our souls together. We need to celebrate and be encouraged. Beginning in July, uh, the 5th and 6th graders are going to have more of a presence here on Sunday morning. They've been doing children's church for many years. But the thing that's neat is they're going to have more of a presence here, and we're delighted. We're delighted that we can worship with them. We'll be delighted that they can worship with us and that we can worship together, all part of God's family. We need to celebrate heritage. We need to celebrate legacy. We need to celebrate those that have gone on before us who have planted spiritual vineyards from which we benefit today. So, I finish up this morning with this. Remember a moment ago I told you about that I'm a kind of a curious person. I like to ask questions and learn and Well, the the story that I need to mention to you is that when I was a boy, my parents, most every morning, would get up, and before Dad would go off to work, they would sit in our dark-paneled den. How many of you had dark paneling in your home? Yeah, they'd sit in the dark-paneled den, sometimes as early as 4.30 or 5.00. I grew up in Garland, and Dad would commute to Irving. And that was before 190. And they would pray for needs in the world. They would pray for community, friends they loved, and family. And without fail, my dad would pray, Lord, give Paul a hunger and a thirst for knowledge. Now, what I didn't know, and what my dad didn't know, is that God would answer that prayer 15, 20, 30 years later by me having a hunger and thirst for education greater than ever before. And we remember the love of the most loving father, the loving father of all, who sent his only son, and he said, call him Abba, call him Daddy. What love Father God demonstrated for all of us, when we, like all children, went through our first bout with sin and disobedience, God said to us, I will never give up on you. And in the greatest act of sacrificial love, God's own son said, here's how we love you. I will die for you.
for your sins. Now we get to live as part of God's family. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Come and join this family today. Let's pray. During this quiet moment, if you feel led to pray here at the front as a family or as friends or at your seat, this is a great time to do so. If you desire to make this place your church home, then there will be someone here at the front and would be glad to visit with you. If you desire to let us know of a prayer need or a decision, you can let us know by putting a note on the starting point card and place it in the offering plate. Father, today we come before you wanting to listen and obey, yet we fall so short. You are so rich in mercy and grace. Your Son poured out His life so we could experience a life that is abundant and eternal. And it is because of Your love that we can be a part of Your heavenly family. Our worth comes from You and You alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing.